Hi, this is Jay Baer of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Content Experience Show podcast. I am Anna Harak with Convince and Convert, and I'm here with the always amazing Randy Frisch from Uberflip. Now, we had a pretty interesting guest on today. Many of you may be familiar with The Second City, um, which you know boasts alums like Tina Fey. But we today had Bumper Carroll, who is VP of Creative from Second City Works, which is sort of their sister company. And they actually work with clients to help them develop out their comedic messaging and their timing and really just make them a little bit funnier in just all of the right ways. Now, this was a really interesting podcast, and Randy, we talked a lot about comedy on this show. So I'm curious, uh, what is one of your all-time favorite comedy movies or shows? Like, what is something that just makes you laugh hysterically? That's a good question. I like that we're just starting here. Let's just have some fun with this. So I'm a Will Ferrell guy, right? Like, I, I love that type of silly humor that just takes you out of reality a bit, but but still believable and relatable. So whether it's, you know, him in old school or, uh, you know, people are going to think I have no sense of humor, but I think it's, it's hilarious. Uh, you know, stepbrothers or, right. or what's the race car one? Oh my God. I can't even forget. I can't oh, even man. remember now. I Why forget. I? It's not Ron Burgundy. Everybody's probably I'm screaming right. as they're listening. I know. I'm right like, now. I can't like, believe how did you forget? All I, all I remember is like his line about like, thank you, baby Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Talladega Nights. There you go. There we go. Talladega Nights. Yes. Nice. It's amazing. How about you? What's your, what's your go-to for humor? So my absolute all-time favorite classic comedy is Trading Places. I could literally watch that oh, movie nice. anytime. Uh, Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy, Eddie like Murphy. classic yeah. prime. But what I think is interesting is even you and I were talking about comedies and funny but those two examples that we just came up with are like polar opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of like style and, you know, comedic timing. And it's really interesting because one of the things we talk about is how many different types of funny there are and how it really is, it takes the right approach to make brands funny. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, what my big takeaway from this episode was this idea of creating a comfortable environment for people to take a chance and go out of their comfort zone. Because whether it's right or not for you to go out with content that's funny, the idea is if you bring humor into the workplace, which is what Bumper talks a little bit about, uh, you know, we, we get more comfortable to take chances. And those chances may not be with comedy, but they may just be with different messaging or going out of our comfort zone. Um, and I, I think that's the stuff that draws us in today. I mean, the, there also is, I mean, and I had no idea Second City works or Second City does this, but this idea of creating content on behalf of the brand. And, and I watched some of this stuff. I alluded to an example in the, in the podcast with Workfront, but someone sent me one last week. I don't know if you've saw it, seen this. I'll, I'll send it to you, Anna. But it's, it's a video making fun of remote work and how this company <laughs> tried to overcome it by, by having their work place 
happen in a pool. So you've got everyone working on their laptops in a pool. It is hilarious. Uh, It's floating around on LinkedIn and places like that. And it's actually done by Comedy Central, which I guess technically would be a rival of Bumper's uh, business at Second City, but that's that's okay, right? Right, totally. And you guys have even experimented with humor a lot at Uberflip. Um, like, for example, for the Content Experience Conference, you were on top of the CN Tower dancing to Drake. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And we did a we did a great ABM video earlier this year where we kind of poked fun at the challenges of of living up to the expectations of personalization and had fun with the characters within. So I think there's a lot that we can do in this space and a lot we can learn from this podcast. So let's, let's roll right into that. I believe you got to intro bumper. Here we go. This week's podcast. Hey bumper. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So what's funny is I remember you and I got to meet about a couple months ago now at Content Marketing World. And I remember I was on a break in between a session. I actually missed a session. I wasn't able to get there in time. Um, And so I was just walking around the vendor floor and I was looking at all the different platforms that were there. And all of a sudden I came around the corner and I saw Second City Works. And I recognize the logo. Obviously, everybody knows Second City, historic. I mean, it's legendary. And I was like, wait, what? Second City works? You guys actually have like like a content arm? And you and I got to talk. <laughs> and I just thought it was so fascinating. So I'm so excited to have you on because I'm a massive fan of using comedy and writing. There's definitely great ways to approach it. But anyway, yeah. I, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Um, just let us know sort of what actually is Second City Works? What do you do there? Mm-hmm. Because you're the VP of creative. That's huge. Yeah. So, well, first of all, again, thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. And yeah, so people probably know Second City as the legendary comedy theater that it is. So uh, folks like Tina Fey, Bill Murray, Mike Myers, Chris Farley, all the way back to people like Alan Arkin and Alan Alda, Joan Rivers. So this kind of vast expanse a very rich history and legacy in the world of comedy. So if you've seen, you know, any kind of comedic content over the last 60 years, chances are there's some connection to the Second City. And in addition to the theater that everybody knows and the alums that everybody um, is familiar with, we also, you know, do training for people who want to learn how to do sketch comedy and improvisation. And then we have a group called Second City Works. And That is our professional services arm, if you will. So we do a lot of talent development for organizations using improvisation. And the other thing that we do is we create content. And from a content perspective, it really runs the gamut. We do a lot of live work, so meetings and events, talk shows, um, you know, facilitated meetings, all that kind of stuff, all the way through to B2B marketing and advertising, direct to consumer marketing and advertising, and kind of everything in between. Um, So it's something that for the Second City, we've always done in some form or another. My role in that, as you said, is VP of creative. So I've come back to the Second City after being in digital marketing and advertising for a few years chiefly to help get the content practice uh, really off the ground and, and make it more of a kind of intentional, purposeful offering for us. 
So I, I want to dig into the part that everyone's curious about, which is how do we get really funny content, right? I, you know, people always say the, the hardest thing about being funny is being funny. You know, so we'll, we'll get to that. But yeah. I, I think that the, the first gut that a lot of us as marketers have, anytime we want to do a funny video or funny sketch of some sort is, well, we're going to have to outsource that, right? Like mm-hmm. there's no way we could execute that internally if we want to, yeah. if we want to achieve that. So I'm, I'm curious when you talk about the talent development side, um, and maybe we can start there and then we'll get to, you know, bringing in Second City Works for projects. What does that look like in terms of getting a team to to reach that potential? Yeah. So for us, you know, the, the, the tenets of improvisation, which is our um, creative process is built around improvisation. So we use that as a tool to create our content. And in order to be successful in that arena, there's a lot of skills that you need to have. You have to be you know, flexible and adaptable. You have to be collaborative. You have to affirm and build on one another's ideas. Yes and is the sort of precept of improv that everybody is probably really familiar with. Um, and so from a talent development standpoint, what we do is basically impart those skills to people in a variety of contexts to help them be you know, better, better listeners, better teammates, um, and so on. And so from a creative standpoint, what we tell people is you don't have to be funny. You don't necessarily really have to be creative per se, but we can teach you skills that will help you build on one another's ideas and celebrate each other's contributions in a way that will lead to better creativity. So as it pertains to, you know, better storytelling and content, there are kind of trip, you know, tricks and tips and techniques, but chiefly what we're trying to do is we're trying to teach everybody the the values and the benefits of improvisation as a, a collaborative kind of creativity tool. It's like, I, I was just going to say, like, I'm always tempted, but I don't have the guts to do this, to start off a meeting with a little improv, right? Sure. Just get people more comfortable. And I'm wondering, I mean, is that one of the things that you suggest? Like, because it's so, it's, it's a big jump just to say, okay, like room of 20 people on my team, let's yeah. just get up and do something silly <laughs> like that versus... Let's right. talk about the editorial calendar. Well, I think one of the things that we really try to impart whenever we're working with clients is in order for you to be successful in an improvisational context, you have to create an environment where it's safe for everybody to take a risk. So I think part of the fear or the anxiousness Um, that you're referring to is if there's not an agreed upon expectation in the room, yes, that's going to feel like a very daunting idea to sort of take that leap. But if we agree as a group, this is a safe place for everybody to just throw out anything that they're thinking of or any idea that they have, the agreement that we have is no matter what it is, we'll affirm that idea or even just affirm the effort that you put forward in bringing that to the table and we'll attempt to build on it. And then once you feel like, well, then it really doesn't matter what I say, that really opens up 
you know, kind of new paths to creativity um, because everybody feels empowered and emboldened to contribute in that way. So that's a key part of it. I think without that shared agreement among a group that we're going to participate and interact in that way, it's really difficult for people to overcome that hurdle and kind of say, well, I'm taking a risk here and throwing this out there. So that's a huge part of what we teach. We've got to create the environment where it's safe for people to want to take those risks. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny actually building off of that. And even what, what Randy was saying, I love that you start with a foundation and you actually give people a framework for how to work together and build on each other in that whole foundation of yes. And Mm -hmm. because I think there's also this feeling from brands where, you know, like Randy was saying, like, you know, we'll just be funny. It's like the hardest thing, you know, is to the hardest thing is to be funny. And it's like, you can't just automatically jump into a joke as a brand or even with content, you know, you have to have, First, there's so many different styles of funny, right? Are you, as a brand or even when you create content, going to be sarcastic? Are you going to be slapstick? Are you going to be crude and crass? You know, there's like funny encompasses 95,000 different adjectives (laughs) and styles. Yeah. And when brands that miss the mark, oh boy, that is cringe-inducing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think for us, the the way that we've been successful, the Second City now is almost 60 years old. We, you know, have a million, you know, patrons come through the door. We're running upwards of 75 shows a week between Chicago, Toronto, and Los Angeles. And the reason that we have been successful is because what we put up on stage is truthful, authentic, and genuine. And I think that's the thing, not only for us as you know, a, a content creator on behalf of a brand, but what we try to teach people, whether it's in a brand context or even just an organizational context, is you know, the way to be funny is just to traffic in those shared human truths. I think where what you're talking about is where brands, I think, go off the rails is either because it doesn't feel authentic to the perception of their brand in in the market, or it's just not a truism um, that they're kind of sharing or participating in. And that's where it's false. There's definitely a bunch of different tones. You can be farcical, you can be snarky, you can just be very kind of real and grounded. It doesn't necessarily matter, but if there isn't that ring of truth in it, if there isn't an authenticity or it doesn't feel genuine, it doesn't matter what style or route or path you take, it, it just won't land. Yeah, I, I find that too. I, it, to me, I always think like, is there a connection with the humor to the brand? right? Because sometimes companies just try and be funny, which is cute. And maybe it gets some views, but does it actually get you to think about the problem at hand that that company is trying to solve? There's, there's a company, uh, I don't know if either of you ever saw these, these videos, it's called a company called Workfront. And they did a series of videos a while back that, that kind of mocked the idea of, you know, emails in the office and how silly it was. And it, it mocked ideas such as, you know, how we would, you know, send the attachment, you know, multiple times by accident. And, and then you have someone just, you know, bringing that attachment to someone's office six times in a row, right? Right. And, and just things that we can relate to, which I mm-hmm. think, 
you know, as you as you hit on here, Bumper, it's it's that idea of, of how does it how does it resonate in some sort of true way. So I, I want to dig deeper because some of us do struggle to you know bring this from internal, and that's that's where Second City Works really helps. But we're going to take a quick break first, hear from some of our sponsors, and as soon as we get back, we're going to hear some of the the fun projects that your team has taken on and how you go about doing that. So I'm excited to tell you about TechSmith. TechSmith makes a whole bunch of different solutions, including Snagit and Camtasia. Personally, I use some of these solutions myself and on the team. Big thanks to one of their marketers, Rachel, who hooked me up with an account at CMworld this past year. And now I can create custom screenshots, screencasts, and videos with literally no experience. And honestly, I thought I had this down with the tools built into my Mac, but this is so much more powerful. So if you need to share a campaign result with people who aren't familiar with what a CTA, PPC is, or SERP, use Snagit results displayed on your screen and share them out as screenshots and screencasts. Or if you need a marketing video, they don't have that production team, Camtasia is right there for you with an all-in-one screen recorder and video editor designed for those who have never made a video before. Communicating with screenshots and video has never been as easy as it is with TechSmith. I'm saying that from the honesty of a, of a user. And for the Content Experience Show listeners, they've hooked us up with a 10% off coupon. All you got to do is go to TechSmith.com and use the promo code CONTENTPROS. That's content, P-R-O-S. All right, everybody, welcome back. We have Bumper Carroll with us, who is the VP of Creative at Second City Works. And up until now, we've talked about all of the ways that maybe you shouldn't be using comedy with your content. But Bumper, let's talk about the actual beneficial ways to use content because comedy is insanely effective. It, it just, you know, it's fun, it captures attention. But what are some of the right ways to use it? And why should brands actually start to explore more comedy through their content or more comedy through their, their storytelling approach. Yeah, we, we touched on it a little bit, but I'll just kind of try to sort of um, continue to extrapolate on this, this key idea, which is comedy works because it is confirming people's innate kind of biases or opinions. So if they don't see an element of truth in your content, they're not going to laugh. And they're not going to laugh because it doesn't ring true to them, which means that it, it, there's no connection there. It's not relatable. It's not relevant. So what we talk about is, you know, comedy for us is kind of holding up a funhouse mirror to our audience, right? It is reflective of their shared experience. They've, you know, dealt with that situation before. They've seen that behavior exhibited. They know that person. And all we're doing is we're going to heighten it for comedic effect, just to kind of raise the stakes a little bit um, and add a little bit of just, you know, top spin or kind of create a little bit of absurdity in that. That's the funhouse part of the mirror. But essentially, what we're doing is we are reflecting back people's shared experiences, and that's where you create a really emotional connection. I think that what we try to do and certainly what we recommend that brands do is, you know, try to establish that emotional connection because I think it's a demonstration to an audience that as a brand, you know and understand your target audience. 
And once you have demonstrated to them, hey, we know you, we get you, we understand your frustrations, your challenges, the things that get you excited, what makes you feel inspired. Once you've demonstrated that understanding, I think you're in a, a much better position to then layer on whatever it is, you know, your message or your call to action is. So I, I think this is really inspiring for a lot of people. And, and I think a lot of us are starting to see that video content specifically is on the rise. Um, you know, user generated content is sometimes even lowering the bar on you know the quality, if you will, of what we have to put out. And when I say quality, I'm talking production quality. But sometimes it is as you're as you're hitting on it's it's how we connect with people. It's how we you know relate to them in a genuine way on the fly. So maybe you can walk us through an example of a company because I I, I think a lot of people listening to this are probably going to say, well, this is only for huge mega brands, right? Like, you know, we could <laughs> never go to Second City Works and do something like this. So maybe you could walk us through what approaching Second City Works looks like and even through the lens yeah. of something that's been a success uh, and what that yeah. project looked like. So I'll, I'll tell you about something we're working on right now that I think is a good example of this. I won't be able to use the brand name, but you'll you'll kind of understand, I think, the application. So we're working with um, a major retailer right now, and this is for even just some internal communications content. And one of the things that they're kind of grappling with is they needed to, as an organization, make a major change in the way that they do business. And I think that this is a place where works can come in and be really helpful and really effective because of the sort of breadth of the things that we're able to do. You know, we can help on the talent development side to build the skills necessary to embrace this change um, and actualize it. But then on the content side, what we can do is not only to just help you know, build awareness of the change that's coming, um, help to create kind of the buy-in that you need and the alignment that you need, but also we can kind of help map out the key messages for the audience. So in this case, it was very much what I was talking about before, which is we really needed to demonstrate to this target audience of internal employees, we understand what the day-to-day existence is like for you in this retail environment. It can be exceptionally busy. It can be extremely chaotic. And in order to kind of take in and actualize the change that you know the organization is pushing out, there are some things that we're going to have to do differently. But if we just came in and said, okay, this is the new reality without acknowledging what the current reality was, those messages would just fall absolutely flat. And I think it stands in that sense as a really good example. We had to say to our audience, here is, again, that mirror. We're holding it up. And this is how crazy and chaotic Uh, and busy your daily life is in this environment. And once they see that and they recognize that we, as kind of leadership by proxy in this case, understood that, now they say, okay, cool. I'm I'm open to hearing what the change is going to be. And we can then layer on the different messages 
about the changes that are coming and what shifts and pivots we need to make as an organization. But we couldn't have gotten there without really connecting with them on an emotional level. And as I said, demonstrate that understanding. So what's fun about, I think, that particular program, which is right in the middle of the process right now, is we're actually got some interactivity in that as well. So we're kind of showing these sort of video installations, you know, that are just like fun representations of, of this chaos and, and busyness. And then we're kind of bringing that to a question and kind of an obvious question. You know, he, you know this to be the reality. Wouldn't you like to change this? And they're primed and ready. I mean, we're leading the witness here. We're, we're not pulling any punches. They know what we're trying to get at. But they're more ready to kind of say, absolutely, because we've shown that to them again in a way that just confirms what they already know. And now they're saying, okay, yes, you got me. That is exactly what it's like. But I know you've got a better idea and I'm ready to hear it. So that interactivity allows them to kind of like demonstrate that they're on board and that they're in. And then we kind of take them through and give them the more kind of traditional and expected messages about what we're going to need to do to implement this change. Nice. So I love, again, going back to a lot of that sort of foundational work, collaboration, like it really is interesting to hear just how much structure really needs to go in place before you can make these big changes, make, you know, comedic um, messages true, you know, as you said, kind of holding up that funhouse mirror and making it authentic and genuine and something people can can connect with. For those people out there who are at like the the base level, right? Like they're just exploring comedy right now. They really feel like maybe they need to bring some in, but they're like literally at, at, at the ground floor. Before they just like step on the gas and go to a hundred, what are some tips that you would recommend for even priming the pump for people to start to lay this foundation and lay this framework for change? Because um, I'm sure even as you all, you know, encounter change is really hard. It's the hardest part for a lot of organizations. So what are some tips you would, you would give to those listening just to prime people to get ready for some of these changes. I I think one of the things that we always find is that people are much more ready for it than the leadership tends to believe that they are. Whether that's an internal audience or an external audience, you think about the water cooler talk. It's always about what shows are you watching? You know, what standups specials have you seen? Who do you follow on Twitter? that makes you laugh. So I think it's just first recognizing this is, these are human beings that we're trying to connect with. This is something that we're all in, you know, in, in our regular quote unquote lives outside of work um, or outside of, you know, outside of their, or as it pertains to the experience that we're trying to sell them or the product that we're trying to sell them. So everybody inherently has a desire to have that release through comedy. So that's the first thing. Know that that exists and that's a great foundation upon which you can build. I would say for those folks who are starting kind of from zero, after we kind of just you know, acknowledge that that exists, I think the first thing is, is to just have an open and honest conversation about the culture, whether that's an internal culture, you know, around your brand and the way that employees, leadership, you know, management interacts with the frontline employees, if that's your issue. Or this is the reality of the way consumers interact with our brand. I think just an open, honest conversation about that 
you would be surprised at how many insights you get out of just saying, look, this isn't about what our brand aspires to be. Start with what our brand is first and foremost. Let's be really honest about the way that people perceive our brand, the way that they use it in their daily lives. And that can lead to really rich conversation about these are their hopes and their dreams and their desires. And this is a way we can better connect our brand to those things. That's like the baseline for me. That's a great place to start. Not only the insights, but the number of times you're going to just laugh about the things that we all know to be true, but maybe never talk about. Um, and when we go into discovery in talking to a brand, whether it's an internal challenge or an external challenge, that's exactly how we facilitate that that conversation. You know, tell us about, okay, we know this is what you want your brand to be in the marketplace, but let's talk more about the truth and the reality of what it actually is right now today. So if we can create an environment where, hey, it's absolutely okay, genuine and honest about, you know, what you think is happening with our brand, going to give a wrong answer. Um, I think then you're just going to free flowing dialogue that's going to be really rich. I love it. So honesty, transparency, not just making things up, truth. I love it. That's fantastic advice. And I think that is actually universal advice that every single listener can apply pretty much right now today. Bumper, thank you so much for being on today. It was great to have you here and chat and hear about all the great things you guys are doing at Second City Works. For those interested in contacting and reaching out or seeing what you're up to, where can they go? Feel free to email me directly. It's bca. R-R-O-L-L at secondcity.com. And of course, our website is a great sort of entree into the things that we do. And that's www.secondcityworks.com. Fantastic. All right, everybody reach out, get your comedy on. Bumper, again, thank you so much. It's been great to have you here. But before we officially say goodbye, we've gotten to know you on the professional side. Now let's get to know you on the personal side. We have a couple (laughs) of quick just getting to know you questions coming up. Lots of fun, Um, hopefully very comedic. Randy has those questions all teed up. So we'll see what he has for you in just a minute. All right, Bumper. So you live in a world of comedy. It's big pressure to make things funny or bring, as you put it, a little bit of creativity. And I, I like the analogy that you gave of putting up that that silly mirror that we see at a carnival. But what do you do to get your fix of comedy on the side? So maybe what we'll hit you with is who is your kind of favorite comedian of all time? And then What's a great movie that just made you laugh over the last couple of years? Okay. I'll start with comedic heroes or influences. Okay, great. For me, I'm going to go with two. And these are kind of classics. But if I had to say the most influential comedy for me is Looney Tunes and Monty Python. Oh, really? All right. A little little (laughs) slapstick, you know. Yes. I like it. Yeah, those are huge. Interesting. The 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 Looney Tunes stuff, I think, is just so primal and foundational in terms of comedy, in terms of the way that they establish pattern, in terms of the way that they heighten. It's just been so hugely influential uh, as a kid. I think on the Python side, just the absurdism. I, I'm a bit of like an Anglophile in that sense, and 
I just love the style and the approach and it's just, it just can't be uh, denied. Uh, do you like Seinfeld as a result? I feel like there's some, some comparison there. Yeah, I definitely, it's funny because I have two kids. I have uh, two girls, one is 12 and one is eight. And it's been really fun because my oldest, you know, coming up in this world of binge watching has been going through kind of some classic comedies um, at an insane pace. So uh, I got to kind of redo uh, 30 Rock, which is one of my favorite nice. shows of all time. And she is blazing through uh, the American version of The Office. So, uh, my, my kids, um, they, so love, two, they love all the pranks that uh, Jim plays on Dwight. Yeah, like oh, they, it's fantastic. They're classic. It's fantastic. And it's, you know, for, for me being, you know, a longtime member of the Second City community, it's also special because, you know, Tina Fey is an alum, Steve Carell is an alum. So it's just been fun to kind of relive those two in particular have been great. Nice. Any, any movies that, that is just, you know, made you enjoy your night out as of late? <laughs> so the one, the most recent one that I saw was um, a friend of mine uh, wrote and directed and stars in a new movie. So uh, this one really made me laugh and it's a bit of a plug and I think a really great encapsulation of the, the current political climate, which is a movie called The Oath. Uh, so my buddy Ike Barinholtz um, is, is kind of the auteur. Um, Tiffany Haddish is in it. Um, Ike's brother, John, plays his brother. Just a great, um, a great encapsulation of the sort of classic conservatives versus liberals um, and just takes some really dark and twisted turns. And I loved it. Awesome. I just saw that preview, actually. It's like about like Thanksgiving dinner, right? Yeah. Or basically it, like holiday dinner. Yeah, Thanksgiving dinner. That, yeah, it's a Thanksgiving dinner that goes off the rails due to political differences uh, in the nice. family and, and takes some some crazy turns. So I, it, it's coming out uh, nationwide real soon. And um, I, I th- highly recommend it. Thoroughly enjoy that it. Sounds, that sounds great and, and very topical these days, even as a Canadian who's just a bystander. But... <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, Bumper, this was so much fun and, and great to get to know you. For everyone who's tuned in, again, check out secondcityworks.com. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please check out previous episodes at thecontentexperienceshow.com or go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts and you can leave us some feedback, please do. Until next time, on behalf of Anna Rack, I'm Randy Frisch, and this has been The Content Experience Show. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. The Content Experience Show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.